What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sports Brain Podcast. My name is Caleb, and this week, can you believe it, Jackson? We don't have any college football. That's right, the season finally ended. It was a very short season. Um, I think it went four games this year. Crazy how fast we've flown through it, huh? Dude, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I'm happy that it's done. I mean, it wasn't that like great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, guys, I know what you're thinking. College basketball is not over. Well, we kind of canceled it in our own minds because when Nebraska and Michigan both kind of eliminated from the playoffs, what's the point in it still going? You know what I'm saying? Um, Michigan is officially 1-40 in 40, um, this year. We've been beat by at least 1,000 points every game, and Joe Milton only learned, only remembered how to play, throw a football for one game. I think his arm actually fall, fell off after the Minnesota game. Um, now, now, that being said, life in Nebraska. Life in Nebraska, Jackson. Luke McCaffrey. Luke McCaffrey. Holy. That was the that was the life life a pulse regained in the Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how much of a pulse it's really gonna be considering Penn State's now 0 and four. Like, come on, I just like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. considering that, you know, we, we don't have another, I guess you'd say, big game this year because we don't play Wisconsin because of we all know that reason. I, I voiced very heavily my opinion on that. Um, we lost to Ohio State already, and then Luke didn't play until the final three series against Northwestern. We don't play Michigan. We don't play Indiana. We don't play. I'm pretty sure those are the only like other. Oh, we play Iowa. I mean, I guess Iowa could technically be a good game, but like, who knows? So well, I mean, there's not much life, like you said. Well, no life. Going from a little pulse. In kind of that north, kind of Midwest area from college football, a new pulse has arisen in Milwaukee, and we'll get that to the podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Caleb, and that is Jackson. What's you know up? By now, though. So we were talking about pulses being regained in programs and teams, and a pulse, a new pulse, a new heart, a new, a new lung, a new breath of fresh air has been given to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks and Drew Holiday, the Pelicans All-Star guard, being traded there. Jackson, what are your first thoughts? When I l- looked at that, I was like, "Oh my goodness." Like, yes, we had a shortened season and a weird season, but, like, we got Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Drew Holiday in New Orleans. Okay, uh, give them next year. They're going to be looking good. And then I see this, and I'm like, um, what? And you and me have both talked about uh, Giannis most likely potentially leaving because he doesn't have anybody really there, like a quote-unquote second star and I'm not necessarily saying that Drew Holiday is a star but um he he he's good. I mean he, at least he was good in New Orleans though he may not be good when he comes to Milwaukee but I think he's going to be. But they also got um Bogdan uh Bogdanovich as well and Justin James. So I mean those three players going to Milwaukee is going to help Giannis a ton, especially since he lost Malcolm Brogdon. 
Yeah, I mean, and here's my thing with this trade. Is it a great trade? It is for the Bucks, and it's a good trade for the for the Pelicans as well. I mean, you look at the Pelicans. Uh, if you look past the Bucks, okay, great trade mm-hmm. for the Bucks. They got the guard they needed for Giannis and Milton. The Pelicans got a Anthony Davis type haul from trading Drew Holiday, and that just shows you how much the Bucks knew they had to get an All Star caliber point guard in there for Giannis. They they knew they had to. And so with Chris Paul off the market, and apparently it came out that they weren't even considering trading for Chris Paul, I guess age or whatever, but with Chris and how they play defense, middle uh, holiday fits better. But with Chris Paul off the market, they had to go get a trade. Russell Westbrook doesn't fit. John Wall didn't fit. And so they go James for James Harden doesn't fit. And, 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 they, and they give them, I mean, they, they gave him an Anthony Davis type haul. So shout out to the Pelicans and shout out to, to their GM, Mr. David. Okay. I mean, just like, He's hit boom, boom, two great trades right off the bat in his first year, and I guess now a half. David Griffin, by the way, sorry. I didn't say his last name at first. He's, I mean, year and a half, he's hit two great trades. He strips down the roster, and, well, you say strip down, but Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Zion Williamson, all these trades. J.J. is still there as a leader. you got Jaleel Okafor, a young, still a kind of middle-aged guy off the bench. Um, you picked up Shea Gildress Alexander's cousin. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but a great wing. And so it's like the Pelicans in three to four years, they could be in a top, they could find themselves to a top three seed in the West. Now that's if Lonzo Ball works out, but we, we know Brandon Ingram's going to work out. And Zion, Zion, if Zion stays on healthy, he's fine. But I'm looking, I'm looking more at the Pelicans as trade than the Bucks because the Bucks got their guy. Now, if Giannis leaves, they know they did everything they could to make it happen. If Giannis leaves yeah. now, the Bucks say, we did everything we could. It just it didn't work, okay? Right. But the Pelicans is what I'm looking at, and I'm looking at their future. And I'm thinking with all these draft picks, now if a superstar comes available, all right, if a Joel Embiid becomes available, if a uh, – let's just go a young – if a Damian Lillard becomes available, if one of these guys – becomes available. They have the draft picks to lure a team to the tape, to the draft, to the trading talks, to the to the phone. All right, on a draft day in free agency, whatever, to say, hey, you know, I heard your superstar is not happy. Here's your future and picks. Hand him over to us. Yeah. We'll take on his contract. I mean, and so now you add one of those players to an already great supporting cast and to an all star Brandon Ingram and future all star in Zion and. That's a contender. Yeah, and I mean, they got Eric Bledsoe and George Hill too. I mean, those those guys aren't chumps. Yeah, but that's more leadership. That that yeah. that's just a that, that, that's, that that's the fill that's the fill spots. You know, cause you got to have fill spots. You got to have fillers. Yes. Like like yeah. Phoenix oh, oh, has oh, yeah, had absolutely. Phoenix has had, and we'll get into Phoenix in a second. But they've had all these older guys. You know, just old vets. Jamal Crawford come in, Rubio come in, and stuff like that. So, you know, just kind of fill spots. While they were waiting um, on their guy, on their all star to come in like Chris Paul and help Devin Booker yes. and DeAndre Aiden. Yeah, and I get, I get that. But I mean, like, what I'm saying is, like, these guys aren't just like come in, they'll play two minutes a game. No, but it's fillers. I'm, it's you're, yeah. you're filling roles on the team that you have to have to stay competitive. Yeah, like, okay, and then again, the Magic, yeah. the Magic didn't need DJ Augustine 
to help them, right. you know, win it. But but it's filler spots. Eric Bledsoe is yes. now a filler. Now if Bledsoe stays, I don't know. You know, I'm sure if I'm him, I'm going for, from a contender to a pretender. Um, yeah. I'm probably trying to ask for a trade, and they may flip him to the draft. I don't know how that yeah. goes. Players like that included in trades get flipped at draft time. But I mean, they got Milwaukee's 2020 this year's draft pick. So Pelicans now have what two or three in the first oh, round yeah. this year. But they they got way more than that. I mean, they got a and, well, uh, and a they cool, got uh, 2024, a Kings ransom. 2025, 2026, and 2027 all first rounders. So they got one, two, three, four, five first rounders, two players for one guy. Yeah, and see, I'm looking at small market teams, and if I'm a small market team and my superstar gets unhappy, I look to the Pelicans. You know, if if that's somewhere the superstar says, you know, I might be willing to resign, and I'm thinking my future is in those Pelicans draft picks, and mm-hmm. you you just make it happen. Mm-hmm. You make it happen. It's, it's it's crazy. I mean, but what was crazier is the trade that took place beef. For that, am I right? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's crazier. Um, I, I mean, not, think, I mean not, not not necessarily crazier, but like big. Like it got like okay. Drew Holiday went to the Bucks. Yes, Drew is big, but like I, I think I, I get that that one's big because the Bucks are a contender. The Suns aren't necessarily but chris paul joining d book who as you know in himself is pretty much almost a walking bucket um that to me was just like wow like i mean you you saw how how our main man justin shelton reacted to it he thought he thought he thought it was like suspected then he found out it was real he's like oh oh dang yeah, like, like everyone reacted to it. I get that. But I'm looking at it in terms of what makes a difference in the in the cha- in run for a championship next year. Drew Holiday to the Bucks makes more of a difference than Chris Paul of the Suns. Chris Paul right. of the Suns is great, and the Suns will be a top five team in the West. The Rockets are going to fall back a little bit. The Thunder aren't going to be where they were. I mean, so, so there's going to be a spot for them to get top five in the West. Don't get me wrong. They will not – you know, they, they've been out of the playoffs for so many years now since 2010 when Amari Sotomayor left, actually. Um, they'll be a top-five team in the West. And they could be a team to, to, to upset somebody in the second round like Denver did last year. They could be that team. But they're not, they're not getting out of the West. And so that doesn't – that doesn't to me, that's not the bigger trade. I get Chris Paul is the bigger name. What a right. – who wins – I don't know. What makes the bigger difference on the championship next year is Drew Holiday going to play with Giannis in Milwaukee. That actually – can change who walks away with the 2021 NBA championship. Yeah. Um, that, that's my thing on, on a big deal. Drew Holiday to the Bucks was a bigger deal to me. Trust me, I love Chris Paul to the Suns because my guy, my, my, my guy D-Book, Mississippi native, getting some help, I love it. And I do think the Suns are a really good team now, a very good team. Like I said, top five on the West type team. But what, what affects next year's – NBA championship is Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Right. Now, what what do you think about this the whole thing about both Russ and James Harding 
wanting out of Houston? Um, I like, mean, like, 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 what happened? Like, I thought they were supposed to come together and be the bromance again. No, and, and, and here's the thing: people, people mistake people being best friends for them wanting to play with each other. There's a reason James Harden asked out of Oklahoma in the first place. Is he wanted the ball? Like, yes. Right. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook yeah. are best friends. They always will be. They're bros. They're they, they're they're brothers for life. They love each other, man. But that but does they not mean the they want to play together. <laughs> they both that want the ball. It doesn't mean they want to play together. This is it doesn't work like that. Like I've got okay. Let's just compare. You know, on a level that we can all understand, not NBA. I got two mm-hmm. kids on my team that are great players, best friends off the court. But when they pick teams, if the others available, they because they don't want to play together because they're both so good that they want the ball. And so right. you see what I'm saying? So like when, when if you have a choice, you want to have the ball in your hands that during pickup. And yeah. so it's like that with James Harden. James Harden is out here playing real life, I mean, NBA level pickup the way he plays basketball. He don't want Russell Westbrook to have the ball the other the other chance. I mean, he wants to have the ball say drivers at a time. So you can't just go and throw best friends or two brothers on on the Rockets mm-hmm. and say, hey, get after it. No, they don't want to play together because they don't work well together. Now, right. being said, the Rockets, don't be surprised if they don't make a move. Like, they don't have to right now. They can wait until a team is in a new season. So let's say they can wait until a team is in March or April, and a team's thinking like, oh, my goodness, like, this could be the year. Like, the Nets could look at it in, in March and April and be like, well, right now we don't need it. You know, KD, Kyrie, let's run it and see how it is. We don't want to give up that much. And then they're, you know, uh, one piece away from beating the Bucks. They're like, hey, if we get James Harden, man, like, we could win it this year. Then, yeah, go for him. If the 76ers look at that like, hey, you know, you know, it might not be a bad idea to get rid of Ben Simmons and bring in James Harden, you know what I'm saying? So, like, let's do it. They have they have the time to wait. They don't have to move on from them right now. They are in a, they are in a no spot pressure-wise. Is the situation going to get uncomfortable? Very, if they decide to keep both of them when the season starts. It would be a very uncomfortable situation. But is it necessary? No, it's not. You don't think – you don't think um, – the Pelicans keeping Anthony Davis as long as they did during that season when he asked for a trade was comfortable. Man, I went to those games. It was people, I, even I'm, I can't say anything. I was at the game booing him too. He was getting called <laughs> out. People was booing him. He was wearing shirts to the game saying, that's all folks on the shirt saying he was gone. Like it was very uncomfortable in, in, uh, in New Orleans. But look, they waited and they were patient. And now look what we're talking about. The Kings ran. And now their future is bright. Was it uncomfortable for a couple months? Yes. Only in Houston? Yes. But is it better for them to wait? Yes. You have to be patient. You cannot, if they go out and give up, uh, Kendrick Perkins said it best, a drop top Rolls Royce for a Camry and James Harden for a role player, they are going to get burned at the stake. You don't give up a drop top Lambo, a drop drop top Rolls Royce. You don't give up that crap. You don't give up this fine sports car for a Toyota Camry. It just it don't happen. I mean, if you want to save on gas mileage, you do. <laughs> the Nets don't have <laughs> now. Hey, the 76ers, they got Ben Simmons. They got Joel Embiid. Whichever one they think they want to trade, they can give you, you know, that that you know Porsche, that right. whatever they can turn into that Lambo and and you know McLaren. Like they can give you that piece. But if until someone shows them that piece 
until someone shows them that, you know, 2021 for they ain't giving up the Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Now, so James Harden has, has expressed that he wants to go to the Nets. Don't mean they got a trading there. I, you're absolutely right. Now, Russell Westbrook, eh, Russell Westbrook has said that he also wants to be traded. Now, I remember seeing it. I believe it was today or yesterday, but I don't remember. Where do you think Westbrook should go? Uh, I think that's a very good question, mainly because I didn't have, a, I didn't have time to think about that. Um, as In terms of fit, there isn't a lot of places where Westbrook really fits. And I only say that because I get it. He's a great player. He's a hard competitor, but he doesn't have floor spacing. And when you're talking trading, now that for Russell Westbrook, you're not trading a, you know, a Lambo, whatever. When you're talking trading a Mercedes or something like that for Russell Westbrook, you know, you're not really getting the Lambo back. You, you're getting, you know, a, a, tri- a walking triple-double, but not one that's contributed to many wins. Like, look right. at the teams Russell's been on. There's when not, it's just when it's been just him. Well, it's not just him. Like well, if you, he, if you go and add him to a team, okay, let's say the Pacers are like, yeah, Russell Westbrook could be better for us than Victor Oladipo, and you know, put him on Miles Turner and 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 then Sabonis. But like, does that make you a championship contender? No. no. So why make it? Why make a deal for Russell Westbrook if it doesn't make you a contender? And I look at these contenders and I think. Well, who needs Russell Westbrook? Like Miami, maybe, but you're giving up all your shooters. There's uh, no way. There's no way Houston makes a deal to Miami for Russell Westbrook without getting Tyler Euro. I, and Miami is not giving up Tyler Euro. No, I don't all think. Right? I don't think Jimmy would want Russell to come to Miami. Um, I don't know. They're both hard competitors. I think it would be fun to watch. But but and the only reason I said Miami is because they have the floor spacing to put around Jimmy and Russell. Right. But, I mean, I, so let's just go through it. Teams that have the pieces, he doesn't fit on the Wizards. Go to the Knicks and ball out? Sure, but what does that help anybody? All you're doing if the Knicks is just wasting salary cap. Um, doesn't fit in Boston. Maybe Miami, like we just talked about. Orlando, why do you need to make that move? You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, do, it doesn't put you in the championship. Yeah. Um, the only place I can see kind of maybe is Detroit, and that's if they got to keep Blake Griffin. I wouldn't mind seeing Russell Westbrook and Blake Griffin play together. That'd be okay, fun to watch. Okay. But again, does it make them a contender? Mm, yeah. No. So it's just it, no. nowhere you put him that he fits makes that team a contender. It's, and so I'm just like it's it's yeah. a tricky trade. It was a trick. It was a tricky trade market last summer for him. That's why they only got CP3. You know they flipped him for some trades, but they tricked him for some yeah. uh, for draft picks. But Russell right. Westbrook's trade value is kind of weird because. He does bring you a lot, but there's not many teams he really fits on. Yeah. See, like, I think Harden, yes, you said that Hard, Harden is a scorer. Harden wants the ball. I think Harden accepts the the role of being with another, quote-unquote, superstar, depending on who that is and what their, their position is, better than Russell Westbrook would. Yeah. So, like, Harden potentially going to the Nets if he gets traded there and reuniting with KD – wouldn't be the end of the world. But then again, you got Kyrie there. Then you it's like, okay, you got those three. Who are you giving the ball to? Or who's demanding the ball at the end of the game? 
that's where that's where that gets dicey. Um, something that I, I'm lo- I'm looking at trade updates and whatnot, and something that uh, just kind of piqued my interest is that the brand new 2020 NBA champions LA Lakers traded Danny Green to to OKC. Um. Which is a which is a little interesting. Yeah, but the big the big thing in this trade is they got Dennis Schroeder in L.A. and that's mm-hmm. what they needed. Um, right. When I was trying to think who they was going for, um, I mean, not saying they were going for Chris Paul. Um, they wanted Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they wanted Chris Paul, but but Dennis Schroeder was kind of like the yeah. backup. You know, you, you know, like we'll get him if if nothing else fails, and they, and they mm-hmm. got him because in my opinion. Rondo is going to leave. You know, he went there two years. He got his championship this year. Um, you know, go somewhere else, make some, make a little bit more money, and maybe win a championship somewhere else and be a leader somewhere else and continue your legacy as, you know, a glue guy that Rondo is. Everywhere Rondo goes, he wins. People know that, you know. Like yeah. you, you put up with some bad games Rondo has in the regular season, you know, and a turnover here or there that might cost you, a, you know, a game because you know when playoffs come, mm-hmm. Rondo – it's gonna be the leader you need on the court. Yeah. So sticking sticking with LA, do you think that AD is just gonna re-sign with a bigger deal or? Yeah, AD more money. Simple as that. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He wanted the LA for two years. Now he finally got it. He wins the championship in his first year. LeBron still got four, four or five years left in him at, at, at prime LeBron. Maybe three years mm-hmm. prime LeBron. Two or three. You know still averaging 18 to 20. So, I mean, there's no reason for him to leave. There's no reason. There's no other team for him to go to, you know, besides maybe Miami. But in my opinion, it's easier to win in L.A. when you have LeBron. Yeah, um, I agree. And speaking of Miami, uh, they, they, they've they kind of got to maintain some flexibility here ahead of the 2021 free agency, I guess you say class. I mean, you've got Kawhi and Paul George both becoming free agents in 2021. I mean, you also have Giannis, but I'm not going to say anything about Giannis yet because we don't know how he's going to play this year getting Drew. I mean, if Blue and and they run it to the finals, he's probably going to stay, um, and they may try and get a, a third piece. But um, that, with that also being said, like maybe Kawhi and Paul George click this year and they make a run and they decide to stay together. Um, so if you're in Miami, you're kind of in a an awkward position in my in my opinion. Um, I don't do you think do? you're in an awkward like, position. I, I mean, they knew they knew coming into this. I mean, they even told Jimmy Butler in the thing that their summer was 2021. That's why Jimmy mm-hmm. signed longer than a two year deal. They knew their summer was 2021. They knew they had pieces. They they could get one if they showed promise. They drafted well with Bam and Abayu. They got Tyler Hero. They picked up Duncan Robinson. They got James John. Like they've got these pieces. Um, they got Goran Dragas. They they pick up Kendrick Nunn um, out of free agency as a rookie, and he shines and gets first team All Rookie Team. So they've done their part. Now it's just luring that superstar in. You know, mm-hmm. and and convincing one to say, "Hey, this team can win with you." That's all they right. have to do. And it's Pat Riley; he's been known to do it. I mean, he got he had Dwayne Wade and a couple of and bums, check. and he gets LeBron James and Chris Bosh. So, right. 
Oh, by the way, that guy that you were trying to think of that L.A. was going after that wasn't Chris Paul was DeMar DeRozan. I'm not saying they're not still not going for him. They were looking for a point guard. They're looking for a point guard, and uh, I can't remember who it was they were going after, but they kind of moved past it and, and went for Schroeder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still not convinced that they're done going after DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Spurs, um, they exercise his player option. So, yeah. Oh, so it's like, mm, you can still trade for it'll him. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting. Um, I I don't foresee any big trades for teams that weren't doing well last year. So, hence, like Chicago, Orlando, I don't foresee anything big happening there for anybody. Um, but, you know, speaking of trades, though, are we going to have any – Draft night trades to, tonight, which, you know, I say tonight, meaning when this podcast is released tonight. Um, if anybody in the top three is going to trade, it's going to be Charlotte. Um, I think that Minnesota is, is stuck with – not stuck with, but convinced that LaMelo or Anthony Edwards is going to be a superstar. They just have to pick which one. And then if I'm Golden State, no matter who's there, I'm picking James Wiseman unless another superstar becomes available, you know, for that second pick. Um, you throw James Wiseman in there with that group that Golden State has, and you you run that, and you're a top-two team in the West. Um, maybe first. You may even beat L.A. Um, I've heard a lot of – I heard a lot of – a lot more athletic Chris Bosh comparisons to James Wiseman. I see it. Can, can open the – can pick and pop, you know, space the floor – I haven't, you know, seen if he can make an NBA three consistently yet because we haven't been able to see him in action. Sadly, he only played like three games at Memphis, but uh, he did mm-hmm. hit a couple shots at Memphis when he was in those three games. So it'll be exciting you, to watch. But but if yeah. if any if any team trades, it's going to be Charlotte in the top three. I also wouldn't be surprised um, to see Chicago go for the kid from Israel. We've already talked about that. Um, my big thing is whoever drafts Obi Toppin is getting an All Star caliber caliber level player in the five to 10 range just because of the way the NBA has played today. He's going to fit perfect in it. So in that five to 10 range, maybe four, because I'm with you. I hope Chicago wakes up and actually takes him at four. Um, But let's say he does. They don't in that five to 10 range. Where do you see him fitting best? As far as who? Like, Who are we talking about here? Obi. Obi Toppin. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, it's not really fit with him because he fits on anything. He can play the three or four. He spaces the floor. He has guard skills at six eight, but he's big enough to hold his own as a small right. ball four. Well, let me put it this way: Where would you like in that five to ten range? Where would you love to actually see him go? Hmm. Because I, I I don't I don't want him to go to, to New York because I feel like his career is going to end. I want to say Atlanta, mainly okay. because Trey Young. You've got 
RJ, uh, not RJ Barrett. Uh, you've got Cam Reddish there, um, and then you've got John Collins there. You throw Obi Toppin in at the four on that team, and then you know um, the they got a, they've got a white they got a white boy there as well. I can't remember his name right now, but I mean Cal No, not Cal Corbin. It kind of kind of plays like Cal Corbin. Um, but I mean, but I mean, you you throw him on that team, and I think it's a a tough team. Not to beat, but to, you know, play against every night. You know, the Lakers right. would still run through them, but they would be on the up and up as far as the East. Uh, now, another one, now he's not going to make it this far down, but if the Wizards wanted to trade up and get him and keep John Wall and then keep Bradley Bill and then get Obi Toppin, um, I'm not saying it puts him in the championship, but if Obi Toppin in two years is ready to be an all-star, you've got yourself a big three and a big three that could put the ball in the basket with ease. Uh, but I, I can see him going to Atlanta, and if I'm Atlanta, that's probably who I'm taking with that sixth spot, you know, knowing who's left and knowing what I've got. Because You don't need a point guard, so you don't need a Tyrese Maxey. You don't need um, the guy from Iowa State. You know, you don't need a Killian Hayes. You don't need you need these type of players. Um, you need an OB Toppin type player, a guy before that can space the floor and, and play with Trey Young in the pick and roll and pick a pop. Yeah. Now, who does, who does Phoenix got the three and four? Uh, so Phoenix has three and D guys. They've got Mikael Bridges and they've got, um, I think his name is Cameron Jordan. He played in North Carolina. I could be wrong on his name. Cam Johnson. I think his name, um, they're kind of set as far as young guys. If they're going to make a move, it's going to, they're going to trade this pick and, uh, that they didn't trade this pick to, to Oklahoma city. Did they? I don't think uh, so. Not that I know of. I don't think they did, but but I'm, they're probably picking up a backup, their backup point guard for the future, or maybe even so. They this could be the one to take Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State and put him behind Chris Paul and let him learn and let him be D books, you know, future backcourt partner when Chris Paul retires or moves on. So that that could be their move there at that ten at the ten spot. But as far as the three and the four. They're they're very well set. I mean, you yeah. run Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton out in the West right now, depending on what your bench is like. And like I said, that's a top five team to me. I don't see why it wouldn't be. If Chris Paul could take that Thunder team that he had last year and make them a playoff team, he could take that Suns team and help them be a top five team in the West. Oh, yeah. Now, you've got Ke- – Kevin Love's still in Cleveland, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to get traded, though. He's got to. Someone get him out of so, Cleveland. So you've got Kevin Love in Cleveland. Andre Drummond just decided to resi- to stay in Cleveland. What if Cleveland took him at five? Put him at um, the, and put him at the three. Well, no, he would go to the they, if they took him at the five. That would just kind of be them saying, you know, Kevin Love's getting traded, um, and it, he does need to get traded. I think he will. DeAndre, De, uh, not DeAndre, Andre Drummond resigning there isn't a thing to me saying Kevin Love's going to stay and they're going to try and whatever retool. That's just you know a young kind of middle-aged center um, getting big money from a team who needs a center to stay and be a leader to young guys. Uh, they've got a very young backcourt in, Dar- backcourt in Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, uh, which is still trying to work kinks out and, you know, play together. He's a very, they're kind of both kind of ball-dominant guards. Uh, you know, very Westbrook and Harden-like, but, you know, mm-hmm. great value brand version. Um, <laughs> Colin Sexton, you know, athletic, <laughs> hard-playing guard where Darius Garland's more of a, a floater type in the lane, a step back three, easy stuff like the flashy player. Um, so, you know, very great value brand of Harden and Westbrook. And uh, I guess you would say kind of them kind of copy 
um, Portland as well. It's just not working as well for them. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I probably see another retool for Cleveland in about three years, and they realize what they've drafted isn't working. Um, so don't be surprised if that happens. It's going to be like the 76ers. Trust the process until the process gets you third in the, third in the East and you lose that and you lose in the first round. <laughs> Yikes. So, all right. I'm obviously not as knowledgeable on these guys as you. So what I ha- would have to say would not be very good to listen to. But I want you, if you would, to break down how you see the first five picks playing out, whether that's trades, anything. How do you see the first five, whomever, playing out draft night? Who's Uh, going where? What team's doing what? Who is potentially trading, and why would they trade and all that? Well, you know, my original wish was for the Timberwolves to trade that one pick and somebody else and get debooked. But, you know, obviously that's not happening now with Chris Paul and Phoenix. Um, I think Minnesota's going to go LaMelo Ball, and it's kind of weird to me real quick just because – LaMelo Ball is very ball-dominant. D'Angelo Russell is very ball-dominant dominant player, so I don't know how that works in the backcourt. But as far as star power and box office, he's great in, for Minnesota. Um, so I think that's where they go. But, again, not the best pick to me, in my opinion. Um, I think Anthony Edwards fits better, even though they do have a lot of kind of two to three, you know, size uh, shooting guard, small forward guys already on the roster, like Josh Okage and people like that. Um, at number two, Golden State goes James Wise. I've already talked about that. No question about it. If they keep their pick, that's where they're going. They need an athletic center. They need a guy to play pick and roll with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and, you know, to play off those guys. They don't need another ball-dominant guy. Um, if Charlotte keeps his pick, Anthony Edwards is still on the board. Don't be surprised if they go there. They've got Devontae Graham. They've got Terry Rozier. They've got um, some decent uh, – as far as forwards and P.J. Washington and um, Miles Bridges. Um, so, so they've got some good pieces to go around, um, Anthony Edwards, if they keep that pick and number four, I don't know the guy's name, uh, just some, just cause I'm not looking at it, but, uh, I, I would assume the bulls go with the guy from Israel, um, mainly because of need, not even talent. I think he is a talented player, but they need a three to four guy, you know, probably a small four to kind of fill that, fill that roster out right now. And, that, and I assume that's really good because Odo Porter is not the answer, even though he just opted into his contract with Chicago. At five, if I'm Cleveland and I'm trading Kevin Love, I'm going Obi Toppin. Now, that's if I'm trading Kevin Love. Okay. Um, you know, if, if you're not trading Kevin Love, you probably go Tyrese Maxey or someone like that. Just you need, in Cleveland, you need talent. You're not trying to fill out that roster like Chicago that already is filled up with talent and see what fits and go from there and trade. You need talent, and you just need talent to look good for a bit. So, yes, Obi Toppin is the is the right answer, but the question is, is the Cleveland Cavaliers, do they make it? Do they make the right answer and trade Kevin Love and draft Obi Toppin and play him with Drummond, you know, let them play off each other at the four and five, or do they keep Kevin Love or even trade him and go, you know, just – the biggest uh, bang for your buck in Tyrese Maxey or Killian Hayes and, and go that way. Um, another one that his draft stock has slipped, and he I think he is the biggest in the draft, you know, what if, is R.J. Hampton. Uh, great high school talent, 
was ranked number like top three in his class. He decided to go overseas and play in Australia, kind of like just like Lamelo Ball did. But the problem is, is he went to a team that was so well established in Australia, and he was so young, he didn't really get the playing time and the ball as much as Lamelo did at the team Lamelo went to. Lamelo went to a kind of smaller level, you know, team in Australia, so he got to do what he wanted to, and so he showed out more. But R.J. Hampton, athletic freak, can put the ball in the basket. But the issue is, is can his game translate to the NBA? Don't be surprised if he slips, if this name slips out of the lottery. And, you know, a, a team, let's say in the 15 to 20s, so let's say a team like Minnesota or Dallas or Portland, you know, even the Nets maybe picks him up and just gives him run and sees what he's got. Because the kid's got talent. It's just he didn't really get to show it over in Australia. Okay. I, I, I like it. And thank you, sir, for your draft analysis. Now, going from the NBA, you know, what I love and what I could talk about all day to going to the NFL or what you could talk about all day, and I can just sit here and listen because, you know, I know enough, but not, you know, as much as you do. Um, I know you've got some concerns about refing, like you always do with football. I do. And, and a big reason why I have concerns is because – my dad used to be a football referee, and so he he knows the rules a lot better than I do. I mean, I, I have a very basic – I mean, a little more than basic grasp of stuff. And so when he says things, you know, I ask him why, and, like, I'm like, okay, is, should this be this or should this be that? And, you know, he'll give me his opinion. But I get we have superstars in any sport we play. But what I don't like is how much they are protected over everybody else. Just because your name is Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, does not mean you should be more protected than somebody whose name is Mitchell Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, or anybody like that. And where I'm going with this is that I was watching the Jaguars versus Green Bay Packers game. And there was a roughing the passer penalty called on the Jaguars because their player got tripped up and dove for Aaron Rodgers' feet, who, Caleb, as you you know, as, as a football fan, you've watched, Aaron Rodgers can run a little bit. I mean, he... He's not. He's no Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, where he he literally stays in the pocket. He he does have some a little bit of wheels, and so you got to be cautious of that. Um, and so he he dove to get the, the ankle grab, and Aaron Rodgers still had the ball, but they call the rough in the passer. I'm like, what in the world is this? Same thing happened to the Jaguars quarterback. Same thing happened on Monday Night Football to Nick Foles, and nothing was called. And my my worry is, and I I heard this on Monday Night Football is. You know, my worry is, are we really changing how we call penalties based on who the player is? Whether that is pass interference calls, holding calls, or roughing the passer calls. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I hate what happened to Drew Brees and how he's got, you know, a couple broken ribs and a collapsed lung. But you know what? That's a good hit. Like, that's a good, clean hit. And they call a rough in the passer on it. I'm like, it's it's not not that guy's fault that Drew Brees got a broken rib from getting tackled. I mean, 
I could catch the ball, land, and roll my ankle. Like, things happen. We are human. We are not robots. And so, with that being said, that's my little penalty rant on the NFL. I mean, there's always going to be calls for superstars. That's that's my big thing in sports. Is like, there's it's always been. I say I would say it's always been there. I would say mid two thousands it really came about. Um, you know, not saying it wasn't there before, but it really came about mid two thousand. It's going to stay around. It's just how it is. It's like Joe Burrow. Um, something happened to him and he got a hit and he got up and you know he he told somebody he was like, when I'm the goat, I'll get that call. And he's right. When he's one of the top, you know a top-tier player in the NFL, he will get better calls over for the passers. That's how it is. It's how the game is affiliate, uh, officiated, and it's just kind of accepting it, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, if we're, try- if we're trying to, quote-unquote, protect our quarterbacks and as a whole, because you've, you've heard just as much as me about that over the past 10 years, that the, the game needs to be safer, which, okay, yes and no. Um you can only make it so safe before like things happen. But like um, if we're doing that, then if we're going to call a rough, like if you really truly have to get tackled as a quarterback for, to get a call versus just swiping at your ankle, then it's like, are we truly actually protecting our players or are we just playing favorites? And I hate that. Let me tell you what I hate, Jackson. What do you hate? Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate Jim Harbaugh. I hate him all my passion. Who, who do you want instead? I don't know. <laughs> Literally anyone else? Literally anyone else. Hey, you want Will Muschamp? He, he just got fired from South Carolina. I don't know who I want, and I don't know who the answer is, and there may be no answer. It may just be Michigan football, maybe bound to be mediocre and destiny so, mediocre. And, you know, it, maybe it's a bad year. And yeah. I'm like I'm like Dave Portnoy right now, okay? I'm like Dave Portnoy, unbothered. Hey, look, it's not our year. It never was going to be our year. We didn't claim it to be our year. You know, no one was saying Michigan to the championship, okay? I was just convinced that Joe Milton, by beating out Dylan McCaffrey for the starting job. Didn't he beat you out know, somebody else too? No, just, just this year, Dylan McCaffrey. Okay. Um, you know, we do have a freshman, but still, I was convinced that by him beating out Dylan McCaffrey, that he was the answer this year, and he's not. He, he just he, he's not the answer. I don't know who is the answer, but he is not the answer, and I don't think there is an answer for offense this year. Now, it's not just him. Our wide receivers are crap. Our offensive line is young and inexperienced. The only thing we've got going for us right now is running back. That's the only position we've got going for us, and they can't do anything much because the quarterback can't throw and the offensive line can't push anybody away. So, um, so basically, college football is dead to me. I've got a question for you, though. No, college football is dead to me. Go ahead. Is it really John Harbaugh that you hate? Or, I mean, Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. I don't hate John Harbaugh. I have no reason to hate John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Or do you hate your defensive coordinator? No, I don't hate my defensive coordinator. I never have. I just hate Jim Harbaugh right now. And that's terrible. I mean, He's a Michigan man, and I'm a Michigan guy. But I, you you don't hate your defensive coordinator for giving up the type of game that you gave up against Michigan State. No, I don't because we could have played so much better. We still could play much so much better. 
I don't know what it is wrong with Michigan this year, but something's wrong. And it, it's, I'm so tired of blaming other things other than Jim Harbaugh that I'm getting to the point where I'm blaming Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Okay. Not saying there is a better answer. I'm not, but right now Jim Harbaugh is the one I blame, and I'm <laughs> going to continue to blame him until something better happens. And All hey, right. you know JJ McCarthy's supposed to be coming in next year. He's supposed to be the savior at quarterback, and who knows he might be. But this year, Jim, me and you, we just we can't get along. You you divorce. You, you, you pissing me off, Jim. You divorce. really are. You filing for a divorce from Jim? I think I might be. He may not sign the papers this year, but I'm, I'm signing the paper. I'm just waiting on you, Jim. Meet me at court. Yikes. I mean, I was starting to feel that way about Scott Frost, maybe just a little bit. But then again, I wasn't sure if it was Scott Frost or if it was the quarterback. And I think I figured the answer out. Hallelujah for the savior of Luke McCaffrey, because Adrian Martinez is a piece of junk. When you look at the two of them this season, like it's yeah, Lucas had a couple of mishaps as far as like snaps and uh, all that stuff. Like I get that he's young, he's he's getting used to it and whatnot. But like he's more explosive, he's more decisive, and he actually goes through a progression instead of hey, I'm gonna throw it to my tight end, look at him the whole way down, then throw it right to the to the DB who who's right behind him, like. Well, um, you know what? If you don't, maybe if you try not looking at the guy that you're going to throw to until you go to throw to him, you know, you may not throw an interception half the time. <laughs> like, good grief! So, thank you, Scott Frost, for finally making a good decision in at Nebraska. Well, speaking of good decisions, hopefully we can make some this week. And everyone's favorite segment: spread that bread. Jackson, what do we got next week? Are this coming up what Friday, we, Saturday? What do we got? So we've got a Thursday night game. A Thursday night. We've got Tulane going to Tulsa, Oklahoma to face Tulsa. And we've got Tulsa favored by six and a half. Tulsa has cracked the top 25. Hey, well, I mean, I said it last week. I said Tulsa went to Oklahoma State and gave them a game. Oklahoma State's a pretty good football team. Give me Tulsa, and I'm going to say it again. Give me Tulsa, and give me on the cover. I will go that right there with you. Uh, next, starting us off, we've got UCLA traveling to Eugene, Oregon, to face the Oregon Ducks, who are number 11 and a 13.5-point favorite. Um, I like Oregon in this game. I haven't seen UCLA, UCLA play. I don't think they're all that. And realistically, I, I watched the end of the Washington State game versus Oregon. Washington State put a scare on Oregon. Yes, it was a 14-point game, but realistically, um, Washington State had its chance, and they didn't get it, and then obviously Oregon just went on and and scored in the end, and it didn't matter. But um, give me Oregon this game. Yeah, I haven't haven't watched um, much football about Oregon and and USC and stuff since – in the Pac-12 since they started, but just from the highlights I've seen and what I've heard, I'm convinced Oregon's going to run away with the Pac-12. Um, so give me Oregon to cover. Um, UCLA, I don't know. When's the last time they've been good at football? I mean, Josh Chosen Rosen was there, and they still weren't good at football. So what do you oh. expect now? Josh, Josh obviously wasn't the chosen one because look at where he is in the NFL. I mean, he's backing up Brady, ain't he? Is he in Tampa? I think he's in Tampa. 
Yikes. I don't know, but still, either way, he's not the chosen one. Next, which I kind of don't like that this game's at noon, but I kind of get it because I honestly don't suspect it to be as good of a game as people are hoping for. We've got number nine, Indiana, versus number three, Ohio State, in Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) And here's the kicker. Ohio State's favored by 20 and a half. Yeah, I mean, no shocker here that Ohio State's Indiana's having a good year so far, 4-0 in the Big Ten. But are they really legit? I guess we'll find out Saturday. Um, we do know Ohio State's legit. That is a given in life. Uh, there's there's three things given in life. Clemson football, Alabama football, and Ohio State going to be in the top three at any given moment. Um, give me Ohio State. I'm going to take them by 14. Um, I'm going to go – Ohio State by 17. Um, I do think this is honestly going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, like a well, – I, oh, wow, I got to do math. Um, like a 50 to 33. Like, I think Indiana's going to put up some points. They, they do have a good offense. Yeah, that quarterback in their defense on Ohio State. That's where – That I don't think they can. And so, like I said, 50-33 type game. 17-point victory um, for the Buckeyes to go on to 4-0. Uh, next, we've got a great game for Trevor Lawrence to come back on. Um, he can get warmed up, get ready for that rematch against Notre Dame because I'm pretty sure they don't have another tough game the rest of the year. So this is a great great game to get him back in the rhythm. He's missed the past two weeks. They're in Tallahassee um, against that JV team out there. Uh, I have – I I don't have really any expectations from this game. The line's 35 in favor of Clemson. I'm going to give it to Clemson by 40. Yeah, give me Clemson by at least 120, right? Um, you know, Absolutely. Florida State is 2-6, and six, so I'll say their name now. I'll give them that. But they're still not, you know, they're not anywhere close to even the mid-level of ACC right now with their football program. And Clemson is top of the nation right now. Um, just as far as the program, I get their number four in the nation, but as far as the program, they are, you know, who everyone's striving to be, um, especially after yeah. last year. So, yeah. And like you said, they're, they're fine. Uh, so we've got number six, Florida, who's playing some, they're, they're playing some good football minus the defense, but they're playing some good football. They're going uh, to Nashville to face own six Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, cut your football team. You're not good at anything besides baseball. <laughs> Thirty-one and a half point favorite in favor of Florida. Give it to me. Yeah, Florida covers. I mean, Kyle Trask for Heisman. Give him uh, the Heisman. His. I mean, when your backup quarterback tweets during halftime, he shouldn't be on his phone. But to give you the Heisman, just give him the free. Time. Dude, <laughs> I saw that and I was like. You're kidding me. <laughs> the man goes, I shouldn't be on my phone, but transfer, transfer Heisman? Like, whew. I've been that's crazy, too. So I'm. That's crazy. Uh, we've got, we've got a, a lot of, um, not, I wouldn't say decent games at 12, but we've got some kind of big games. Um, we've got Appalachian State, who has been notorious to have a decent football team, not like, Top 10 football team, but a good football team. 
uh, going to Coastal Carolina, a 6-1 and one Appalachian State team versus a 7-0 Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is only favored by 5.5. This is going to be an interesting game. Well, you know, Coastal Carolina is still riding that wave from winning the College World Series a couple of years back. Um, they're riding that pretty strong. You know, it took a, it took a, it took that wave a while to get across campus, honestly, to the uh, football program. But here we are, and here they are, and uh, I think they're going to win. I'm going to win by ten. Okay, um, I think that's respectful. I'll get, I'll, I'll jump on that wagon with you. Give me Coastal Carolina by ten. You mean that wave? Is it a wave? Yeah. It's Is a it wave. really a wave? It was it okay. was a wave and it's carried from the College World Series and now it's called the football team. All right. We'll go we'll call it a wave. Next you got Central Arkansas going down to Lafayette, Louisiana. Raging Cajuns. There is no line on this game. I don't know what the line is. I'm gonna go Raging Cajuns by twelve. Yeah, I'm a weird number, but I'm gonna go twelve. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Raging Cajuns by seventeen just for the fun of it. Um, you know, uh, they're seven and one. So, you know, I know we haven't talked about them a lot, but you know, when you lose a game being the conference they're in, you're kind of out of it. Um, I was hoping they would kind of run the table, but you know, it's not, it's just, you know, that is life. I'm still with them though. Uh, they win this game, but I, I don't think they win their conference at the end of the day. Um, they, you know what, what I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's what I what I've got to check on, and I'll have the answer for you next week. Is if the Sun Belt has a title game? If the Sun Belt has a, they may be able to redeem themselves against Coastal Carolina. That was their one loss, and it was only by three. So, Raging Cajuns, you have another chance to make a statement. I'll leave it at that. Next, we've got. Um, you know what? I'm just going to ask you to pick a winner of this game. We're not even going to talk about it. Uh, North Alabama at BYU. BYU by 8,000. <laughs> Put some respect on BYU. I get that they're number eight, but whatever. Uh, next, Cincinnati going down to Orlando to face UCF. This is only a six-point favorite for Cincinnati. Um, I think this is their toughest test of the year. It's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to come down to the turnover battle. Whoever wins that is going to win this game. But I'm going to have to go Cincinnati by three. Not going to cover, but give me Cincinnati by three. Um, I'm going to go Cincinnati by seven, going to cover by one. Uh, I mean, again, I, I picked it, I picked against them against Army, and I'm still sticking with them. I'm going to keep reminding people every week that I picked Army over Cincinnati, and Army let me down after getting out 10-0. And I said I'd never pick against Cincinnati again in football until they let me down. They haven't let me down yet. Very nice. Uh, so we got number 10, Wisconsin, facing off against number 19, Northwestern. This, uh, honestly, to, to me, I would probably say this is the best game or probably second best game of the day. Uh, Northwestern is a quote-unquote great second-half team. They have held opponents to, I believe it's, um, like, they've only allowed, I think, 10 points in the second half um, in their in their four games. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. This is, And then we've got a Wisconsin team that's only played two games. Now, in their two games, they have looked good. 
Um, I hate to I hate to say that they looked good in their second game, Caleb. You you know how I feel about that. Um, but this is this one's going to be interesting. Wisconsin's favored by seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think Wisconsin's a, a better is a really good team than what people they've been given credit for just because of the COVID has happened. I mean, they are two and zero as as bad as Michigan's played this year, a decent quality. Um, Northwestern's had some some good wins that to go to that four and zero. Wisconsin, uh, give me it by seven, so they're not going to cover. Um, I like that. I think it'll come down to um, who's who's playing for Northwestern in certain spots, but uh, Wisconsin's going to pull this one out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Wisconsin by six. So um, next game is number twenty-two, Texas Longhorns in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, not even going to spend much time on this. It's a twenty-nine and a half point favorite for Texas. Give me Texas yeah, by thirty. Give me, give me yeah. Texas by twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, I may pick this next game in favor of JT, but <laughs> then again, I would just look dumb. You got Kentucky going into Tus- Tuscaloosa against yeah, Alabama. <laughs> there's some points where, you know, you pick Kentucky because they could probably win and it's good for your friends, you know, whatever. But at some point, it's just like, yeah, JT, Kentucky's not winning and I refuse to look like an idiot on my podcast. So we're going to go Alabama by 34. I'm going to go Alabama by 35. I hate, hate, to, hate to break it to you, JT, but that's just the reality. Give me Kansas State versus Iowa State. This is in Iowa the line on it is Iowa State by eleven. Iowa State is ranked number seventeen. They are five and two, and Kansas State is four and three. Kansas State has been playing decent this year, um, but I don't think it's going to be enough to knock off Iowa State. Give me Iowa State by ten. They will not cover. I kind of want to pick an upset here, and that's why I'm kind of gasping for air because I feel like it would be just a perfect game for an upset. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those games where, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to. Um, I think I'm going to pick, it, Iowa, I think I'm gonna pick Iowa State, but they're not going to cover. Okay. Okay. I, I, can, re- I can respect that at least. Um Tennessee going into Auburn, uh, ten and a half point favorite. Which that's surprising. It's only a ten and a half point favorite for for Auburn here, um, ranked number twenty three in the nation. Yeah, um, Auburn's gonna win. Auburn's gonna win. Uh, I say by seventeen at least, maybe even twenty. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Tennessee just has not looked good this year. Um, but anyway. Uh, We've got number 13, Georgia Bulldogs hosting the air raid offense. That is Mississippi State. Uh, Georgia's favored by 25. Um, I hate to break it to you guys at Mississippi State, but you guys need to find another quarterback. Like The the offense can work if you have a decent quarterback. And realistically, KJ uh, Costello is not the answer. Nope. Um, and as much as that stinks, that's just how it is. Um, but – I think give Mississippi State about three years, let Mike Leach get in the quarterback that he wants. Um, Mississippi State could be up in that. 
not competing for for conference championships, but in that eight win category, which which is. Um. Yeah, I mean, if they get back to eight wins, they're kind of right back to where they were uh, when when Florida's now coach is there was there. And um, yeah, so I mean, and I can see I can see them get back to that, but I, I'm like you, I don't think they'll ever compete. Um, they'll never be on Georgia and Alabama's level in the SEC. Uh, give me Georgia and give me Georgia by 24. That's respectful. So you don't think Georgia's going to cover? Nah, just for the fun of it. Air raid offense that works ever so often on it. That's very true. It does. But I mean, this is Georgia's defense. Yeah. All right. This, this I think, is probably because I said that, um, you know, we had another game that was going to probably be, you know, one of the better games to watch during the day. I think this next game is probably going to be your best game to watch during the day. Um, and it's number 14, Oklahoma State, driving across the state to face number 18, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is favored by seven in this. Um, I'm still sticking with Oklahoma State. I think their run game with Chuba with Hubbard is, is uh, second to, to not many. I mean, I want to say none. I don't want to say second to none. A lot, of, a lot of teams in college football have a good running game this year. Um, but they're definitely on the top of that run game level as far as uh, just overall, you know, offensive line and, and how they execute their run game. Uh, give me Oklahoma State by a field goal. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma State by 10. Once again, to my Oklahoma friends, you know who you are. I apologize. Yes, you can rub it in my face if you win the next day. Um, but I will not be looking for that message because I don't think you're going to win. Give me Oklahoma State by 10. So, uh, next game, which I'm thinking about buying a jersey for this team, uh, number 21, Liberty, is going into Raleigh, North Carolina, to face NC State. And real quick, before we get into the who's going to win this game and all that stuff, I just want to talk to whoever is making rankings and say, give Liberty some respect because they actually have a qual- quality wins. Carolina oh, and Marshall, who are ranked closer to top 10, as being 15 and 16 than Liberty. Um, Liberty has beaten some good teams. So give them the respect and put them ahead of those two teams. With that being said, NC State is favored by game. <laughs> yeah, I, if I'm being honest with you, I think the Liberty train comes to an end this week, boys. Um, I, I really hate to say that because I really want Liberty to be going defeated. Um, just kind of one of them, you know, teams everyone in America hops on to and kind of clings to, um, especially in times like this. But NC State is actually a really good football team. Uh, I would say a really a, above average football team. Uh, give me NC State by ten. Um, I see. Like I can respect that, but I don't think I can respect that because N- NC State lost to Virginia Tech forty-five to twenty-four. And as you and I both know, Liberty beat Virginia Tech. Yes, it was by a last-second field goal, but Liberty went in there and competed on offense. Um, I think Liberty's offense is for real, and it is good. Um, Now, does NC State have the defense to stop it? That I don't know. I'm going to say Liberty by seven. They stay undefeated. 
Give me the Liberty Flames one more week at least. <laughs> uh, last game of the week because we had three other postpones. Um, don't know why, but we'll just leave it at that. But our last game of the week is number 20, USC, going to Salt Lake City, Utah, to face the Utah Utes. Yes. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I ha- – People thought USC was going to be a potential college football playoff contender, top 10 team. And from what I've seen this season, they don't look like anything special. They have had to come down and win it on the last drive or the last two drives in their past two games against teams that really aren't expected to do a whole lot, not necessarily be bad, but do a whole lot in Arizona State and Arizona. Um, Arizona State's not a bad team, but. I mean, USC, you were picked as a potential favorite to win the Pac-12. You should be going in and handling these games with ease. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm gonna give, I'm gonna say Utah by one. Um, I'm gonna give this game to USC. I don't think there's it's their time to lose just yet. It is going to be a good game. Um, give me USC and give them to me by thirteen. Ooh, thirteen. I like it. I like it. Speaking of college football playoff, I just want to read this to you real quick. Oh, wait, that's nine days ago. Never mind. I don't want to read this to you real quick. I retract my statement. I'm sorry. I look stupid now, yeah. don't I? That was, that was that was a while, while back as far as that ranking, as far as who should be in the percentages. Um, but, I mean, I mean, obviously, it has Alabama at 90%, Ohio State at 74, and Notre Dame at 46 Clemson at 45. This was kind of right after the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Um, so it uh-huh. still kind of holds pretty true as far as those top four. I uh, don't know where Wisconsin and Oregon stand right now. Um, I do love that BYU has more than a 20% chance to make it. That's my favorite part of that ranking, even though it is a yeah. little bit old. So real quick, I want your opinion on this. So we both know that Notre Dame and Clemson are most likely going to win out now. Mm-hmm. They're going to win the rest. They're going to win the rest of their games. Yeah. Which would mean they would face in the ACC championship. So you've got Ohio. I'm going to say Ohio State is a lock. It is a lock in. Um, so we have one. We have one football player, mm-hmm. football team, playoff team. So you have a Trevor Lawrence led Clemson team going up against Notre Dame again. What would you if it? I think Clemson will win that game. So they both would have one loss. Um, And then the other um, little kind of toss-up is you've got a Florida team that is rolling right now. I mean, I don't don't see them losing anything else. But you've also got an Alabama team that is just playing out good. Um, They would face the SEC championship. Florida goes in and beats Alabama – You've got a one-loss Alabama, Florida, Clemson, Notre Dame. Uh, who are your other? Who are your other three college football playoff teams? I'm taking Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, and Alabama. And the only reason being is because Notre Dame's big win—that is, the Clemson game—would be without Trevor Lawrence. Where Florida's, you know, one loss is an early season kind of uh, slip up. You know, in the SEC, where every guess, every game is tough. A, a Texas, yeah, like I said, against against in the SEC, where everything is tough, and then you yeah. know, you you catch back on fire and you went out and you beat Alabama. 
so which means you had to beat Georgia to get there as well. Um, so I, 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 right. I'm with Florida on that. A lot now, more, a lot more quality wins. Well, I get it. Notre Dame beat Clemson, but again, it's without Trevor Lawrence. Now, would you have to see a very convincing Clemson win? Now, if Clemson goes out there and only wins by no, three if, or ten, if if Clemson wins by a touchdown or more, I think Notre Dame's out because you know you've already seen that game twice. I don't think anyone wants to see it a third time. Like if if they beat him with Trevor Lawrence once, then Trevor Lawrence again, they'll probably beat him even worse the, the next game. So yeah, and I mean, so it's the fa- the fact that it had to go to a double overtime without Trevor Lawrence, I don't think it's going to be a close game. I think. Clemson's gonna get win that and win that very well, um, and Florida Florida only Florida barely lost, if I re, if I recall to to Texas A&M. So I mean they're yeah they're a field goal away from being undefeated right now. Just saying, and I mean Texas A&M's ranked five right right above them. So I mean like that that that, that says a lot. Right there. I mean, you, you still have Alabama has to play Auburn. Now we both know Auburn is not that good this year, so they're going to win that game. Um, but they have to play Kentucky this week, Auburn, and Arkansas. Alabama's winning out. Florida's most likely winning out. I, I honestly I, I honestly want to see Florida beat Alabama just so that we can have a stir-up and shake-up of things because, honestly, Alabama – Alabama versus Ohio State or Florida versus Ohio State would be awesome to watch. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see Florida and then college playoffs. Honestly, I just want to see Kyle Trask light it up and win one maybe. And Dan, Dan Mullins is, is doing his job. If if they went out, even if they don't beat Alabama, then then this is, this is a good year for them. Good year. Um, if they do – then even better year, and Dan Mullins has solidified himself as a top six coach um, in college fo- in college football. Um, but you know we didn't get that much college basketball this week, but that is definitely coming next week. I know we kind of you know teased that Justin will be on here tonight. Um, our friend JT, who's a big Kentucky fan, big college basketball guy as well as me. Um, but you know, so complications in life happens. And he wasn't able to hop on, but I know he'll be listening tomorrow, Justin. We love you. Uh, we're praying for you. Hopefully, hop on next week with you, or even the week following, whatever is best for you, buddy. Um, you know, and you know, college basketball should be starting within about a week, week and a half. And so, hopefully, we'll get Justin on here to to conversate with that, and we'll do some pre-draft, uh, post-draft um, commentary on the NBA as well, and get his thoughts on that. Um, this has been Sports Frame Podcast, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening. Uh, we actually got some uh, some good views as far as numbers this past week. Uh, kind of jumped back up after being down a little bit. We really appreciate it. Please, please do share, comment, send it to someone you think would love it. Even someone you don't think would love it, send them the podcast. Send them the link when you get it. Uh, post it to your social media. Uh, share it, share it, share it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks again. It's been Jackson and Caleb. Take care, everyone. Peace and love. Thank you.